the volume. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. The Colin Cowherd Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. This is Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. Great week. Buccaneer head coach Bruce Arians, terrific conversation. Talked about the real perk of coaching Tom Brady and the story when Patrick Mahomes blew his mind at a pre-draft workout. Nick Wright and I talked about two of the NBA's biggest question marks, Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook and Chad Millman and our best bets, NFL Week 7. It is a turbulent Week 7. But first, my top takes of the week. All sports leagues copy each other to some degree. They steal little ideas. The NFL stole some of the Instagram and social media momentum the NBA had. They lightened up the post-touchdown celebrations for players, let players do dances, and they've been rewarded by it. They get a lot more free pub, a lot more love on social media for younger consumers. The NBA which is consumed with being cool, could do themselves a favor and borrow something from the NFL, and that would be a backbone. There's only 450 roughly current NBA players, but you have three stars, Ben Simmons with the Sixers, Kyrie Irving with the Nets, and James Harden with Houston last year that have gone total diva and held their teams hostage. The NFL has over four times as many current players. And there is not a single advantage of a player going all diva. Why? 
Because the NFL doesn't tolerate it. The NFL doesn't coddle the football culture in America. You can be in an NFL locker room, be unvaxxed like Cole Beasley or vaxxed like Josh Allen. You can be a conservative like Cole Beasley or a liberal like many NFL players. In the NBA, you can't remain a broadcaster for an NBA team if you take a more conservative worldview. I have lots of friends that work in the NFL and lots of friends that work in the NBA. And my NFL friends are overwhelmingly happier people. I know two NBA beat writers who quit this past year. Really talented. One covering the Warriors, one covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. You have to align in the NBA with players' beliefs. Coaches do. Broadcasters do. Executives do. In fact, there's sort of an inside joke. NBA head coach is the world's worst great job. So the NBA and the basketball culture in general in America is about coddling. Ben Simmons has been coddled at AAU, coddled at LSU, coddled his first several years in Philadelphia. So shocker, he's a spoiled brat. This is where the NBA really struggles. I'm all for players having power. We know that nobody goes to watch baseball for the executives, football or basketball for the executives. That doesn't mean I relinquish total power to the labor force, to kids. What you're seeing in the NBA is a result of how basketball's culture is shaped and how basketball stars are coddled. Three stars last year have held their teams hostage. You know, when you're coddled as a kid or as an athlete, you lose a sense of perspective or self-awareness. You know, Matthew McConaughey, for years and years and years, was this good-looking hipster that couldn't be taken seriously in Hollywood. And finally, his agent told him, dude, you got to do a serious role. So he did the Dallas Buyers Club. He had to lose 75 to 100 pounds. Gaunt. Took him two years to gain back his weight. But he had the self-awareness to know and acknowledge, I'm not taken seriously in Hollywood. I'm just another good-looking dude. Like, what happens to James Harden? What happens to Kyrie Irving? What happens to Ben Simmons? They have absolutely no self-awareness. They don't understand the architecture of a business, an architecture of the entire league. So when I see the Simmons situation with Philadelphia, when I see the Kyrie situation with Brooklyn or James Harden last year, this is what you get for coddling your athletes. I'm not saying they shouldn't be paid. I'm not saying they shouldn't be compensated at the highest of levels. But you can't let the employees run the business. Something else I wanted to talk about, and it's not a game that'll get a lot of publicity. The media is rooting overwhelmingly against Urban Meyer. They don't like his arrogance. They don't like NFL writers don't want some college guy to walk in and steal the headlines. I get that. Coaching's not the problem. Outside of wide receivers, they have no offensive line, bad secondary. He outcoached Urban Meyer, outcoached Brian Flores. I watched every snap of that game. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, Tua did not play bad. Do not blame it on Tua. He was fine. Urban Meyer outcoached Brian Flores with far less talent. So I have watched the Jags play four times, and I've really zoned in. Not every week, but four of their six games I've zoned in. The coaching's not the issue. They come in with good game plans. They execute them generally. They are competitive primarily. Mostly they're, pri they're, they're competitive as long as their personnel allows them to be competitive. But the Tua played fine. 
It was really Urban Meyer out coaching Brian Flores. And I understand that the media does not want him to succeed. 20 and 30 year NFL writers do not want some college guy to walk in and turn the league on its head. And I'm not saying he's a top 10, 15 coach, but Belichick can't win now. Okay. Belichick can't win now. You need a quarterback. You need personnel. New England doesn't have enough speed to score on good teams. But let me defend Urban Meyer. The football part is not the issue. Now, it's the the cultural part. Does he get this, the league? Um, you, you have to coach NFL players differently. I don't think he hired a terribly gifted offensive staff with Brian Schottenheimer. Um but when I watch them play, they're competitive. They're as competitive as you can be with that offensive line, with that lack of consistent pass rush and that secondary. People just have to own it. The coaching thing for Urban, he's smart, he's learned, he's quick. That's not the issue. He is the Super Bowl winning coach of the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, two-time coach of the year. Um, whether he was an interim, the head coach, one of the most respected and light guys in the NFL. And he looks so damn comfortable today. Look at you. Look at you. You look like you're going to go fishing in 15 minutes. You are just perpetually happy, aren't you? That's that time of year to be happy. You get win a few in a row, you know, and uh, uh, you lose all your defensive backs. So why not? <laughs> you know, it's funny, Bruce, you were Peyton Manning's first coach. And, you know, Brady and Manning have some similarities, good height, throw a good ball, smart guys, work their ass off. Um, I always, I talked to Bill Polian once and he said, you know, Peyton was a little bit of a teeth clencher. He was a little tight. And we had to say, Peyton, you can lighten up. Tom's intense. But, Bruce, it looks like a different intense. Like, where are their similarities and their differences? Well, yeah, I, I think, well, Peyton like, was like the ultimate prankster. You know, when, when he was in the room, it was like, take notes, take notes, pile notebooks. Uh, he had a notebook on every corner in the league. Uh, but in the locker room, oh, he was the ultimate prankster, you know, pulling pranks on everybody. And those, those, those are legendary. Uh, Tom, is, Tom is laid back uh, more. Um, Again, preparation is meticulous, you know, grinds it out about every single little thing. And uh, they, they both have that same quality. But they're not losing. You know, I don't give a shit <laughs> they're playing. They ain't losing. <laughs> right. You know, Bruce, were you worried at all that, you know, when, when this thing happened, I remember saying on the air, I said, I don't worry about Bruce and Tom. I said, but it's a, there's some young players and Tom is intense. And he's he not going to sit around. He's not going to be real patient with some of these young guys. Were you at all worried about, okay, here comes Tommy, Tommy's culture, Tommy's intensity. Are my guys ready for Tommy's intensity? Was there ever a moment you worried a little bit of, about that? No, I actually embraced it. And we needed it. We needed, you know, that we had everything. Everything was in place. We needed a guy who'd been there, done it, and they would follow. And, uh, you know, the first year... You saw some of that. But the one thing about Tom, I didn't know how great a teammate he is. I mean, you talk about those young players. He coaches the hell. He'll take them under his wing, whether it's off the field, TB12, anything, their assignments, how they're running routes, and just work with them constantly. And uh, he's the ultimate teammate. Has it made it easier for you? Do you find yourself going from, I'm a coach. I mean, you're always coaching. But sometimes you're almost now managing because Tom does is, is so detail oriented. 
Yeah, and it's, it's fun for me because, you know, I'll be telling the receiver, look, you're coming out of your break, you're not pumping your arms, uh, you know, and they'll say, okay. And Tom will go over, hey, look, when you come out of the break, you got to pump your arms. I'm throwing the ball over here. Okay, Tom. And they do it. So I'll tell him sometimes <laughs> to tell them what I want to coach them on because <laughs> they listen more. You know what I mean? It's interesting. You've built – it's a trusting culture. Um, I mean, Tom Brady brings in Antonio Brown, well-documented, had some issues um, before Tampa. Did you and Tom – you trusted Tom. Tom trusted AB. Was that a difficult acquisition? Was that a difficult moment? Did you have long discussions on, you know, Tom tends to put his arms around young people that need help. He'll put his arms around guys. You have been a guy. You'll give guys second, you'll give guys second chances. Was the AB thing something you guys wrestled with, or did you come to an agreement fairly quickly? No, it's really funny because, you know, Tom brought it up in the summer. I mean, he's looking at eight-game suspension. And I coached A.B. We drafted him in Pittsburgh. I had him for the first couple of years. So I yep. knew him, you know, personally. And as our season went on, Chris Godwin's down. Mike Evans is on one leg. And we've got a really good football team. So we owe it to ourselves to investigate all the best players available. So Jason and I went in. What about A.B.? You know, brought him in. Had a great conversation with him. Obviously, I already knew Tom was on board. And it right. was Jason and I's idea, like, all right, let's go with it. And uh, and when, when A.B. and I met, it's like, dude, there's no second chances. All right, this is – you and I know each other, all right? This is it. This is your last rodeo. And he'd been, he'd been great. Yeah, you know, it, it's I, – I tell friends, uh, the draft outside of the season – the draft's my favorite sporting event in the country because I love college football. I can make I, I make this argument. A lot of the quarterbacks come from the West, but you could almost live off the SEC outside of quarterback. If I just said you can only draft the SEC, and I don't know why it is. Maybe it's the culture. It matters more to them. But when you do you are you looking for a different kind of player offensively to defensively? Like defensively, you got to. A guy's got a lot of have a little dynamite in him. Like he's okay to just lead head first. Are there different personalities for different positions in your career? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's any doubt. And, and, and you know, that's the hardest thing in evaluation. You know, that we're so limited now in that personal one-on-one stuff, not having a combine, not, you know, those little silly interviews, they're, they're important to get to really? the guy for 15 minutes, you know, because you can tell a bullshitter in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, the guy that's rehearsed all his answers and then, you, hey, man, when's the last time you smoked dope? Was it yesterday? Did you get did you get high yesterday before you ran? Uh, and you start seeing him shaking like, you know, but no, yes, that going out, going out to the colleges, you know, now we can only take three guys. We used to have an entourage on people we've really liked. It might be not the guy that's a star. It might be two guys that were working out with him that you just want to look at in person, can a bat go out of the backfield and catch? Little things, you know, and hey, just listen, them reacting to your coaching. One of the greatest, greatest workout I've ever had was Patrick Mahomes. And really? Yeah, was, dude, is so smart. I mean, Byron and I had him on the board for about an hour and a half. And, uh, you know, you, you could see the arm and the wind was blowing 30 miles an hour in Lubbock, which is a nice day. And, uh, and in the middle of the workout, I say, hey, I'm the safety. I'm blitzing. It's slide protection. And he ripped off exactly the words to fix the protection. And he just learned them an hour and a half before that in a meeting. Then I was like, hey, I'm the strong safety. It's man, man protection. He fixed it. Like, 
I looked at Byron and we've had guys that took three years to get that done. <laughs> uh, it was like amazing. His, his recall uh, from that meeting out on the field and the arms, which the arm was crazy. Are you ready to amp up the excitement every college football Saturday this year? All right. It's called Colin Cowherd's Saturday Spreads. It's on FanDuel. Free shot at big prices. Really simple. I choose 10 of college football's biggest matchups each week. Make your picks against the spread for each one. And the fans who get the most right win 5000 bucks in prizes every damn week. My FanDuel college picks, I like Ole Miss minus 10.5 against LSU. I think LSU is a program that's reeling. Alabama, I can't see Tennessee's defense stopping the Tide. I'll take the Tide minus 27.5. And, and Notre Dame minus 6.5 at home against USC. Dante Williams against Brian Kelly will be a coaching mismatch. All right, those will be three of the 10 picks. Go to FanDuel.com slash Saturday Spreads. FanDuel.com slash Saturday Spreads. Or you can just download the FanDuel app. Check in, 5000 bucks every week in prizes. No purchase necessary. Age restrictions apply depending on location. Void where prohibited. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. C-O-L-A-N so they know I sent you. Exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbookfanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbookfanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, bring on my buddy Nick Wright. First things first, you know, I said from the beginning, relationships are everything to me. Uh, Whether I was creating the volume, I'm hiring people I trust. I'm hiring people I like. I'm hiring people who I have their back because if they make mistakes, I know it's inadvertent. Um, The fact that Kevin Durant left Steph for Kyrie Irving when you had you had a resume, you had like LeBron gets along with everybody. LeBron plays well with everybody. He bails on LeBron. Brad Stevens is clearly a capable coach. He messed that up. Um, I said last year after he left in the first week of the season and just had a sabbatical hiatus, I said on the air, I said he may be the first superstar level player I would ever consider moving for bench players. Just make Harden, Durant are fine. Fortify the bench. I'm out Um, from the flat earth now to the vaccine issue. I, I, I take it you are a huge Kyrie fan, but let's start with this premise. With the addition of Patty Mills to the bench, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, I think Brooklyn can win the championship with Durant, Harden, and no Kyrie if they could just trade him and fortify the bench a little. Do you believe that? Oh, you get a full healthy season out of KD. And Harden prior to last year had always been healthy. Right. Not only do I think they could win the championship that way, I think they actually would be better off. Even if Kyrie had none of the vaccine stuff if the vaccine issue didn't exist once they got james harden kyrie was a surplus of of value they didn't need what they need is some size what they need is some defense and what they need is someone who is happy to not have the ball in their hands none of that is kyrie irving so yeah i think that and this is all so tricky because the problem is colin kyrie irving's like once upon the, the trade I talked about before any of the vaccine stuff came up that I thought fixed everyone's problems was Kyrie and Ben Simmons. 
The Sixers need what Kyrie has. The Nets need what Ben Simmons has. It's weird because they're kind of competing with each other. Would you make the trade? But maybe they would. The Sixers absolutely would not make that trade. now. Kyrie's trade value is where all you could get is role players. Like the team that, again, it would make sense, but you potentially have the vaccine issues is the Clippers. Like Zach Lowe talked about this. Marcus Morris and stuff. Those types of Marcus Morris, Reggie yeah. Jackson, one other guy that actually helps to me helps yeah. the Nets. They need guys who don't need the ball. I would I I would have said Kyrie for Chris Stapps like is an interesting one because Kyrie, Why? by the way, when was he at his best alongside LeBron? Who's the player in the league whose game is most similar to LeBron? Luca like that could right. work. And the Nets, Chris Stapps doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. But again, the vaccine stuff kills him with the Mavs. It's. It is in it, it, it's a insane po- position where a guy who was 50, 40, 90, the healthiest guy on the Nets last year, is now not only expendable, but didn't you find this interesting, Colin? James Harden and Kevin Durant told the truth about having not spoken with Kyrie. Thought it was huge. I couldn't believe it because those are sharp guys. And they knew that by saying we haven't spoken, that that's right. a story. And they could have just said we're going to keep – they could have either lied or said we're going to keep personal conversations personal, not going to get into it. The other thing I thought was interesting was when KD said that, he had a whole thing with the media. KD was in a great mood. He was happy. He was yep. like – he said at one point, he's like, listen, I know you guys are going to be asking these questions all year, and I get it. You have a job to do. And when KD's in a good mood, He's really yeah. interesting. He's really honest. All this stuff. I thought, I, again, I'd psychoanalyzing him, but I think it's pretty interesting that the day, a couple days after the Nets are like, Kyrie, go home for the season, Katie's in a good mood. Like, yeah. Katie's not pissed about it. In fact, he seems happy about it. And yeah. the fact he hasn't talked to Kyrie, I think Kate, Katie's like, oh my God, this guy, this guy is, the juice is not worth the squeeze, no matter how sweet the juice is. No. Joy Taylor and I talked about this is players send messages all the time. Um, KD, I think you're spot on. I think KD and Harden, um, I think they sent a message to ownership. It's like, we're good here. You know, we're, we're good. We're good without Kyrie. And I, and I also think I was told this years ago that um, the NBA chemistry is the most important because like in offense and defense, in football practice and games, you know, you just split off. If a guy's a jerk on the D line, oh, oh, offense doesn't deal with him a lot, right? Even the offensive coaches don't. Same in baseball. A third of your roster goes down to a bullpen. You know, some guys are in the clubhouse, the, the guys that aren't playing. But in basketball, man, it's a it's a tiny plane. You're all together. There's like eight out of the 13 guys and teams that hang out together and get along together, like Milwaukee and Phoenix, they generally play well together. Yep. And I, by Harden saying I haven't even talked to him, forget connecting. If you and I didn't talk, if we, if you were going through a crisis and you and I hadn't talked, forget doing a podcast, talked in a month, we're they're out. Not friends. It means we're, we're not, not friends. It means we're absolutely. If someone said, if all of a sudden you. We're gone from FS1. And a week later, someone was like, hey, how's Colin doing? And I'm like, don't know. Haven't spoken. You know what they would think? Oh, 
I thought you guys were close. (laughs) I assumed you guys were friends. I guess you were like, it would be shocking. And so it's like, it is, it's incredibly telling. And I think that now what the Nets can't have happen, obviously, is have something happen to Katie or Harden. They don't have any insurance for that now. They did have some insurance for that before, but like most teams in the league. Like, guess what? The Lakers can't have anything happen to LeBron or AD. And the, and the Bucks can't have anything happen to Giannis or Middleton. Like, that's kind of how the league works. You, you can't have one of your two best guys get hurt. Uh, finally, I want to do one other topic. I actually felt bad the other day. Uh, new Laker Russell Westbrook was quoted saying, hey, I'm the NBA villain. And I thought, wait a minute. That's not right. Um, I cannot love his game, but he's a good guy. He's a good family guy. He shouldn't be a villain. Um, And the way he said it, you know, whenever somebody says, I I don't need to be liked. Well, everybody needs to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked. LeBron hated being a villain for a year. He hated it. Michael loved being hated in Detroit, but he loved being loved everywhere else. I used to when I was in Portland and Michael came to town, he was more popular than any blazer. Everywhere he went in the league outside of like Detroit or New York, even in New York, the city loved Michael Jordan, right? He played great there. But I but I thought to myself with Russell Westbrook is I actually think he works for the Lakers. They need 37 minutes a night. They need energy. It's an old roster. I actually thought to myself, you know what? If he plays here three years, and I think he can add he can be a little bit like a more talented Alex Caruso. He gives you incredible intensity. He'll get along with LeBron. He's a good hang. The, you know, the part of this league is, are, are you a good hang? But I just I felt kind of sympathy when he said, I, I think I'm the league's villain. And I thought that's usually like a guy who gets into fights or he's a jerk. And I'm like, Russell's not a jerk. He's a flawed player. Right. So that that's, I think, an important distinction. He's never been in trouble. He's never been a bad never. guy. He, he, he's one of the few NBA super duper stars that doesn't have like a, a big group of people around him. By the way, not there's anything wrong with it, but like people, you know, it's his wife. I think it's his brother. It, you know, he has a very small circle, seems to be an intense family guy and a private guy who's all, the only thing we know about him off the court is he's super into fashion. Now, people might not th- like his fashion. I think it's, I think he's pretty courageous with it to be honest i think he takes risks with that and i think that's cool but yeah so russ has russ has always been a guy who is polarizing because of his style and he has there there is a lot of iverson to him in that listen there are some deeply devoted fans that ignore some of the pretty obvious flaws in the game but then the flip side of that is the analytics community that will argue that Iverson, you know, the, the analytics crush Iverson. And that does, at some point, what the guys who play the game say about someone has to matter at least a little. And when they're sure. like, you don't understand, no, because let me, I'm, I'm putting this wrong. Analytics say, well, if anyone put up that many shots, they would score a ton of points. And what the players say is, yeah. But most guys literally can't put up that many shots. They don't have the stamina. They don't have the, they, they, do you know how right. hard it is to shoot the ball 30 times? And so right. with Russ, people are like, oh, you know, if anyone was really focused on getting triple doubles, I, my argument would be, I would imagine in the last 40 years, there have been other guys who were like, I'd like to get triple doubles, but nobody's gotten them at the rate of Russ anywhere close to it since Oscar Robertson. So clearly there are some things he does well. 
And clearly he's a special player. He also is, if he's your best guy, you're screwed. What the Lakers are trying to figure out is, and Russ has never been in this position, is what if he's your third best guy? We've seen him as the second best guy. And right. it was really good a couple of years, but usually more bad than good or mediocre than good. We've seen him as the best guy. It's entertaining. It's exciting, but you're not going to be good. Now we get to see him as your third best guy. And that's fascinating to me, especially if he's never been on a team with someone with a stronger personality. I think he is now. I think LeBron, even if it's a different type, LeBron is such a gravitational pull of leadership that I think even the biggest alphas kind of understand, all right, I'm not LeBron. I might be the, the, I might not, you know, get checked by anyone else in the league. Kevin Durant, I wouldn't let him say a sideways word to me. But LeBron's almost in a different category. So I do think that it can work. I do. I think it's guaranteed to work. No. And do I think that there's a chance that the Lakers simply don't have enough shooting? Yeah, that's possible. But it's also possible that they're going to be big and strong. And because of Russ, they're going to have not only, they're not only going to exhaust you defensively with their length, they're going to exhaust you offensively because Russ is going to just be running. It's like, oh yeah. my God, he's just a pain in the ass to deal with. So well, we'll see. Hey, listen, I'm I'm critical of of Russ, but there is um, your cultural impact matters in the NBA more than any other sport. Allen Iverson's more important culturally to the league than Carl Malone, who drove tractors. So there there are players that their cultural imprint, uh, Doctor J, his importance, uh, uh, Allen Iverson. Yep. Um, it's more they matter more than Carl way. Malone or John Stockton. I have no problem yep. acknowledging that. I mean, so I, I, I think you're right on with that. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, let's welcome in my buddy. We do this every Friday, Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer for the Action Network. So on the year so far, on the games we've talked about on this show, I'm 22, 26, and 1, which is poor. Uh, this week is I feel like I'm lost at sea. These are the worst numbers. First of all, I have a rule. I don't bet gigantic numbers. This week, it's like college football. There's three. Bucks favored by 12 and a half. Cardinals favored by 17 and a half. That's awful. Rams favored by 15 and a half. It feels like Saturday. So, Millman, it's interesting because I feel differently about multiple games from the beginning of the week because I think some lines have gone in my favor. I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw one at you. So, initially, uh, I, I was leaning Baltimore over Cincinnati, but here's why I would take the Bengals plus six. Hear me out. Um, I always worry about a team that has played back-to-back to back emotional games and you've got a team that won on a you know 60 some yard field goal you got a game in which Lamar Jackson comes from behind to beat the Colts you get a massive win over the Chargers I mean a flawless second half and I look at that and I think to myself okay how much can you ask of a team emotionally and I look at the Bengals here and I think to myself the protection's a little better they're getting six it's a division rival I would probably take Cincinnati here, even though, you know, seven or fewer, generally you would take the superior team at home. But I think I like the Bengals and the points, sharper square. That is 100% grade A sharp. You kind of nailed it on the head with the Bengals. If you, I mean, with the, with the Ravens, look at the Chiefs. Uh, there, were some, there was a fumble that went their way. Look at the Lions. They needed a miracle to get away with it. Look at the Colts. Again, uh, really, really challenging uh, game for them that they pulled out in miraculous fashion. Look at the Chargers. Um, they were perfect and it was the perfect spot for them against the team that had been flawless on third and fourth downs and was due for a regression. So you've gotten them either getting the ball going their way, karma on their side, or a team that was due to sort of play regress back to the mean. You don't have those things, and this is a Ravens minus three. The Bengals have been playing incredibly well. And I don't think this is a jump off the Bengals bandwagon situation. You've got a division game. 
with a Bengals defense that is significantly better than it's getting credit for. They are fifth in this sort of fancy metric called defensive DVOA, which measures a lot of different things according to football outsiders, um, which I'm not going to get too deep into. But needless to say, it's a very advanced analytic against measuring quality of your defense. The Bengals are good. They're also very good on running plays. It's called fourth and EPA per play, right? Which is a very fancy way of saying the defense overperforms when opponents are likely to score. They're very good against the run is really all you need to say. And this Ravens team, despite Lamar Jackson's heroics, they still are a running team. And now they're out with, without Latavius Murray. So uh, I think you're on the right side here. You know, the, the, the Chiefs are interesting. So they're still not punting. And they're still putting up prodigious offensive numbers. If they can clean the turnovers up, it's still the same team. They weren't great defensively last year. Uh, the Titans come off a highly emotional Monday night win, in which, by the way, they were outgained, out time of possession. Uh, they were outplayed by Buffalo. Josh Allen slips. They win the game. I think Tennessee's overvalued here. I take Kansas City to win by a touchdown. It's minus five and a half, sharper square. This is this to me is a really challenging game. Um, Tennessee is the right side. Uh, when the number was at five and a half, it's been bet down to four and a half, and I think it's going to come down even more. As it gets further down, I, I, this is a game I would wait. Wait and see if you can get a better number. Because if you like Kansas City, everything you're saying is true. We just talked about regression with the Chargers, right? The Chargers were playing out of their minds when it came to turnovers. They go against the Ravens. I mean, not to turnovers, to, to third and fourth down. They go against the Ravens, and all of a sudden, they're not converting as much, and the Ravens win handily. The Chiefs have been turning the ball over uncharacteristic at an uncharacteristic rate for Patrick Mahomes especially. That's going to change. So now you're getting a Tennessee team off of an emotional win, a short week, even though they're home underdogs, which is not something professional betters like to do. You have to expect that the Chiefs are going to be able to score every time they have the ball because at this point, the Titans' defensive secondary is just washed, right? Their two best players aren't even on the field right now. They won't be on the field for the rest of the year. Um, the one thing they have going for them is Derrick Henry is basically going to make it second and three every single series for Ryan Tannehill against a really bad Chiefs defense. So that's the scary thing. Like you're betting that the Chiefs are going to get one or two stops and they're going to score on those one or two stops. They kind of have to play the most perfect game they've played this year. At the Volume Sports, Twitter, Instagram, rate, review, subscribe, YouTube channel too. Talk soon. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 